Welcome back to another episode of Black, Bold, and Bougie. It's your girl, Tasha, two S's in the I of Soulful Expression. And I'm Shonda V, the favorite fashionista. And today we are talking about colorism. We're getting a little deep today, y'all. So let's get into it. What exactly is colorism? So basically what colorism is, is it's basically discrimination that is based on your skin color. And it's a form of prejudice that usually exists within the same race in which people who have a different skin complexion are treated either differently based on certain social implications um, that, you know, are attached to the color of the skin. And of course, in the United States, colorism for us stems from the days of slavery, right? Um, Because typically you would hear that the lighter skinned slaves or enslaved people. Let me be politically correct because they were enslaved people. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna change the narrative here. The lighter complexion enslaved people typically had the jobs that were in the house, and they were usually a little bit less rigorous versus the darker skin um, enslaved people who spent most of their time in the field. Right. So um, there kind of became like this 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 internal um, hatred um, amongst the enslaved people due to this. And also, you know, the lighter you are, the closer you are to white. And, you know, the way racism and uh, slavery were set up is basically white is supreme, right? So if you're closer to being that complexion, then you're closer to being, you know, more accepted, more beautiful, more loved, more appreciated, more whatever the the adjective or descriptive words you want to use and put there. Um, basically, that's where we get our colorism issues from. You know, it's so interesting. I think back to growing up, for those of you who have not seen me or have seen the photo that goes with our podcast, I am the darker skin complexion woman. And I didn't realize I was different until one day my mom called me a burnt cookie in a joking manner. My mother and my brother are light skin. My father is like brown skin and I am dark skin. Um, Majority of my family are pretty much light skin or brown skin. So I am the darkest one. I stand out. So that was my first time thinking oh my God, I'm different. And not only different, as a child, I was about five or six, you know, when you hear burnt cookie, nobody wants a burnt cookie. So I'm like, not only am I different, but I'm the type of different that nobody wants. So I went throughout my childhood and my adolescence wishing I was light-skinned because the light-skinned girls got all the boys, they got all the attention, and they were pretty just because. Um, And I felt like for us darker-complected women, we had to work harder for the attention. And when I mean attention, like we couldn't have an off day. We couldn't come to school with a puff or, you know, with our clothes wrinkled as some of our other lighter-complected girls would we would be talked about. Um, Darker complexion kids are often bullied within school and it's a very real thing. 
Wow. Yeah. And as I was telling you, man, like that is so, it's sad that, you know, and you know, like sometimes it's a, it's a subconscious thing. We don't even think about the things that we say to children and how that does impact them, their self-esteem and all of that. And of course, I am the lighter complexion girl of the duo. And as I was saying before we even started this, I've never really given much thought to how dark or light I am. Um, never really had to think about it within um, our particular culture. Um, so basically growing up, I was light skinned, I had long hair. So I guess I was what is traditionally considered pretty. Um, I never really had to think about that. You know, I never had to think about what my hair looked like or, um, and I was a tomboy and it didn't even matter. You know, I wore baggy clothes. None of that mattered. It did not ever matter. You know, I never really thought about it, but now that we're kind of talking through this and we're thinking about colorism, maybe there was a layer of that that was attached to that. And as I was saying, like both of my parents are lighter than I am. And so growing up, <laughs> when I was smaller, I actually thought my mother was white. Um, because at that time she was really light skinned. Um, and you know, outside of that, I didn't really think about it. I mean, my grandmother was darker skinned. She wasn't dark, but she was darker than me. My aunts were all dark. My mother is actually the lightest of her siblings. Um, so she's kind of the, the odd man out when we look at everybody else in her family. Um, but again, never really, never really gave much thought to how dark or light I was because for me, it just never really had to matter. That's interesting. Like, it really is a privilege <laughs> because I just remember all the types of names that dark skinned children get called um, growing up in school. And it really does, like, thinking back, so we grew up when we were growing up, it was the 90s, right? Um, black women weren't really represented to the extent that they are now. When I say black women, I mean dark-skinned women. We grew up with Megan Good. We grew up with, you know, Beyonce, Latoya, Latavia were all really light and um, brown-skinned. Even Kelly was brown-skinned. Kelly was the darkest one. So, you know, you're playing uh, karaoke with your friends and you choose who you're going to be in the group. I always had to be Kelly because Kelly was the darker skin one. Kelly is the baddest, I will say. So glad to be Kelly. But <laughs> we just really didn't have a lot of women to look up to and say, okay, that is dark and beautiful. Um, that woman is desirable. So I think as a dark skinned woman growing up in America, I really had to work hard at building my self-esteem because I did not have depictions of what it was like to be dark skinned, to be proud, to be desired and accepted. And um, I think a lot of what I do outside of the Black, Bold, and Bougie podcast. So I'm writing a book. I have The Favorite Fashionista, which is an Instagram page. If you go on there, most of the outfits are modeled by um, Black women, all complexions, but I make sure to go out of my way to find darker complected women because we are just not represented in film enough. We're not represented in the fashion industry enough. We're not represented just in general on the main screen. So it's hard. I mean, I'm thankful for the people who have come along to teach us um, that darker complected women are 
gorgeous and fierce and confident and desire. I think of Tika Sumter. I think of Lupita. I think of um, Gabrielle Union. She's kind of brown skinned, but she's a little darker than we've used to. Viola Davis has taken the world by storm. Viola freaking (laughs) Davis is a bombshell. Um, So I think it's hard growing up with that complex. And I know you'll get a little into um, the TV series that you were watching. But in here in America, we are taught through television and movies and films that dark is bad and the lighter is good. Even if you think about like Wizard of Oz, Glinda the Good Witch wore what? White. The Wicked Witch? Black or always dressed in darker colors. Um, So darker complexions, darker colors has always been considered, uh, uh, I don't want to say handicap, but it has always been considered bad, I guess. Yeah. And so like when we talk about some of the the color issues within our community, we can look at a time period in which you know, lighter, there were some lighter skinned people who could technically pass for white, which meant that they had opportunities and they had access that people who basically couldn't pass a brown paper bag test, or, I mean, I don't know if anybody has heard of that, but basically um, there were parties and gatherings where you were not allowed to come in if your skin complexion was darker than a brown paper bag. So like this is very rooted and instilled and ingrained in us. And it's a psychological barrier that we have to overcome as a community. Because even though I personally haven't had to experience um, any type of negativity within the black community um, for my complexion, I can recognize it and I see it and I don't understand it because I personally um, think and I embrace all complexions. And I think that everybody should feel beautiful because realistically, we're talking about something that people have no control over. No one has control over how much melanin um, basically they have. Um, They have zero control over that. So why are we getting hung up on things like that? That really doesn't make a person. It doesn't tell you how creative this person is, how intelligent this person is. Yet, that is the stigma that has been placed right? Because what they say is if you're light-skinned, long hair, then you're smart, you're pretty, you're this, you're that. If you're dark-skinned, then you're basically stupid, you're ugly, you're unwanted, you look like this, you look like a monkey or whatever. You know, all these negative things that we still say and do to Black women today, which again, I can't even comprehend that. Uh, We have enough struggles. Why are we bringing ourselves down? But that kind of brings me to the documentary or the series that I was watching. Um, it's called Dark Girls. The, the filmmaker basically sat down with various women of different ages um, and basically talked to them about their experiences as being Black women. And, and kind of like you said, like a lot of them, you know, they wish that they were light-skinned or they wish that they could somehow change their complexion to be lighter. Um, none of them went through the process of trying to bleach their skin. It didn't get that deep. But, you know, people do that and that is very tragic and unfortunate but what I think really was an eye-opener is when we look at this one test or study that was done 
I don't exactly remember if it was in the 80s or the 90s, but it was it was done a while ago. And what they did was they would sit down um, young black girls and they would present them with imagery of like basically white, fair skin all the way to dark skin. And basically they would say, which one is the smart girl? And she would, every time she would point to the white girl um, or the fairest complexion girl, um, which one is ugly? And she would point to the darker girl, um, which one is bad? darker girl which one is good lighter girl and it's just crazy how this child who is maybe what five or six years old already has this engraved in her mind that darker skin is bad and she was a a darker brown complexion girl and it's just like that is mind-blowing this is what we're teaching our children why it's so interesting um i think it it starts at home right because there will always be media and social media now and influences and and influencers telling us what what's hot what's not what's what's attractive what's not what's acceptable what's not for me if I ever have children one of the most important things I want to instill in them is that your skin color is not a weapon it is not a judge for your moral compass you are absolutely beautiful. You are absolutely intelligent. And you are no different from any other person, no matter what their skin color is. Um, and I think the more we instill that as small children um, and build up that confidence at home, you know, if you know who you are, then no one can tell you who you are. Um, but I say all that not to take a dig at our parents growing up, but if you think about the climate when they were having children and we were being raised, they were just coming out of the civil rights movement, you know? Um, slavery hasn't been over very long. <laughs> so I think um, with each generation, we are more enlightened, more learned, more culturally minded people where we can say, hey, this isn't the right way. This is not what I want to be teaching my children. This is not um, the impression that I want my child to get. Um, so I definitely think it starts at home. But going back to something that you said about us not having control over our skin color. So we definitely don't have control over it initially. But let's talk about bleaching of the skin that is taking the world by force. I mean, I've seen stories of women in Nigeria bleaching their skin. We've seen Sammy Sosa. He came out about five or six shades lighter. Yeah, that, well, was, ash that was absolutely crazy. It was bananas. Yeah, I know that, especially in Africa, they were doing like targeted ads Um and I was in that special I was watching about dark girls. Um, it was a Korean girl on there and she grew up in America. But when she went to Korea, she realized that she was different because she grew up in California. So she had a darker complexion. And most of the Korean women, men over there were a lot paler than her. And so she said that she remember overhearing a lady ask her mom if her father was black because she was darker skinned than they were. So it's just amazing that it doesn't even just sit and rest within the black community. It is something that is stigmatized in other, 
other ethnic groups as well. So bleaching of the skin is something that is very prevalent. And again, it goes back to that idea that pale, European, white, however you want to frame it, is the ideal epitome of beauty and perfection and desirability, Um, which again, we could go through the whole discussion as to how that even came to be. It's complete nonsense, Um, but it is something that they fabricated because they wanted to control the world. They wanted to control trade. They They wanted power. They wanted money. So they had to set themselves apart and they decided to do it based on skin complexion. I absolutely agree. I guess my question is, we know where it derives from, but where do we go from here? I mean, um, even as a woman, a millennial woman, I still get men who come up and say, you're pretty for a dark-skinned woman. Um, And now I had to grow into loving my skin tone. Now you couldn't tell me anything. There used to be a day and time where I didn't want to go out at a certain time because I didn't want the sun to turn me darker. Now I throw on some SPF and I go outside because I love to get sun kissed. Like I love my complexion, but it took me building me up. It took me doing research and getting comfortable with the skin that I'm in and knowing that actually I prefer to be darker skin. I think that what is going to be important is that um, one, just as you have we learn to love our skin complexion. I don't care what your complexion is. You have to love it. Whether it's dark, light, bright, red, whatever it is, you have to own it and love it. You have to see that no matter what it is, you are beauty, beautiful. And that these standards that society have set, they are actually built within a falsehood. Um, so the idea that European is the supreme, I, the, the supreme version of beauty. Why though? Like, have you ever really thought about why? So I think that what we have to do is, you know, set the example for those that are coming up behind us. And then also challenge those people that say those ridiculous things to you, even if it's within your own family. You know, we have to start just like with racism. We have to check that stuff. So when you hear somebody saying, oh, she's cute for a dark skinned girl or, you know, whatever, whatever the sentiment is, you have to check people and say, hey, that's not cool. And that's not okay. And if that's, if that's what you're on, then I need to remove myself because I don't, I don't, I do not allow, I do not perpetuate any type of basically hate or discrimination against people simply because they have a different shade than you do. Um, I think that we also have to make sure that for our, our children, that we are reinforcing with them daily, that no matter what their complexion is, that they are beautiful, that they are smart, that they are handsome, that they can achieve anything and letting them know that there is no hindrance due to the color of and complexion of their skin. Um, we have to show them love at home first before they ever enter into the world because the world is going to be a beast and it's going to be brutal because not only do they have to face hatred within their own community, the rest of the world hates them too. So, you know, there's like this double-edged sword that's coming at them. But if we can prepare them 
and just encourage them and let them know that no matter what, your skin is beautiful. It was created especially for you. God designed it this way and he does not make mistakes. And I think that if we can continue to do that and make sure that we are showing them positive imagery of people with complexions like them. Like Lapita's book, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I can't remember the title of it, but she wrote a book that basically was just about this. Where as a child, she was darker than her siblings and like she was she would wish that she would wake up in the morning and be lighter. And you know, it's a beautiful story because kids can relate to that and then they can see by the end of the story that hey, their complexion is beautiful. It doesn't need to be changed. It doesn't need to be different. Um, so we are starting to get more stories and more imagery out there that can help to reinforce children's positive in, I mean, images of themselves. And I think that that is where it has to start. And we, like I said, we have to start, even like as women, we need to start saying encouraging words to each other and don't, don't ever tack on for a light skin or for a dark skin or for whatever, like leave that stuff check that at the door just give people compliments build each other up absolutely and i think all of those are very very valid points Um, we definitely need more positive reinforcement within our race and as well as out there on media and entertainment um a funny thing i was having a conversation with one of my really close best friends And we talked about when you enter a workspace, for an example, you're not just there as, you know, Shonda V. I am there as a representative for the African-American race because believe it or not, some of the other people that I work with of different ethnicities and different cultures, this is probably their only encounter with an African-American person. So my mindset when I go into work is that I'm not just here on my behalf. This may be the only encounter they have with an African-American person. And I need to show that we are not who we depicted, who we're often depicted as. It's very much a real thing for Black people entering into the workforce, Um, even when it's being accepted for certain higher visibility positions within the workplace, please believe that your skin color will play a part whether you like to admit it or not. Absolutely. And um, when you talk about representation in the workplace, sometimes they will just go after a lighter skinned person because that is representation enough without for lack of a better term, um, being offensive, right? Because again, darker skinned people are usually um, categorized as aggressive or um, like I said in the special, the one guy was saying that his grandmother owned a store and she wouldn't hire the darker skinned people because they steal. Um, Crazy things like this. Can we talk about Alexis O'Hannon's replacement at Reddit? He stepped down from the board of Reddit because he wanted to give his seat to a person of color, black person. Um, The replacement that they hired is African-American probably by blood, but if you look at him, he does not depict what most African-Americans would accept 
as a black person. And that is another form of discrimination. Like when we think of colorism, we always think of the dark skinned person being condemned or deemed bad because of the color of their skin, but we never look at it from the reverse side. Whereas we're looking at O'Hannon's replacement and we're saying he's not black enough. You're right. You are absolutely right. Um, you know, your complexion does not determine how articulate you are. Your complexion does not determine whether or not you choose to use a certain form of slang. Like none of that stuff is relevant. Um, but again, it just shows the own, the self-hate that exists within our society. Um, and specifically in the black community. And honestly, for me, for it to be 2020, um, for colorism to still be like an issue for me is just crazy because I personally just, I can't comprehend it. Um, I get it. I get where yeah. it comes from. I get the the emotional ties to it. I get um I get all of that. But you know, in a place where we are fighting for rights and we're trying to to really show a unified front, it's amazing that we are still bickering amongst ourselves because somebody is a shade or two darker than, you know, whoever. But Again, I think positive reinforcement, um, more awareness. Another thing that I think is interesting is you, we were aware that there were differences in colors, right? We were aware that dark-skinned girls were kind of deemed the more unattractive of African-American girls. But we didn't talk about it openly. Like, what's up with that? Um, so I think more open and honest conversations about these negative um, stigmatisms that come with skin color and where they originated from and what it means and how we can combat it, I think they are needed. They are absolutely needed for the young women who are sixth, seventh, eighth grade. I'd even go as far to go younger because even in cartoons for children, you see Dora the Explorer, she's Hispanic, right? Um, there's Caillou, who is European-American. Where is the African-American girl character that has their own show? Um, Disney had one. She was like Dr. something. I don't remember what the girl name was, but they had one. Um, I missed it. Like, Well, you it, also had... Um, Little Bill, his mom was the darker complexion. He was a little bit lighter. His dad was kind of medium skin, and they actually had his mom as the darker woman, which usually you see moms as light-skinned women. I mean, we could start talking about the whole um, Fresh Prince swap. I mean, Aunt Bib still stings to this day. <sighs> like, I'm still really, really disappointed about the swap with Aunt Bib. When it comes to colorism, we can't let this conversation go without discussing how Black men feel about color, right? Because I have spoken to several Black men about color and the women that they prefer, and it's always fascinating to me. It blows my mind how a man who has a dark-skinned mother can fix his mouth to say that he don't like Black women, like he don't like dark-skinned women. But your mother is dark skinned and you say you love her. So why is it that 
now you look out into the world and you say that dark-skinned women are not beautiful or they're not your preferred um women like that i just can't what is that that's i mean I, to me that's just self-hate that's how i view it, it um, there's something absolutely. that is going on internally that's you just messed up it is absolutely self-hate i know some men that will go as far as to not say they don't date black women and they are really dark complected um i think that topic is totally interesting um i actually think we should do a separate episode based on black men who do not date black women and why because i truly i don't understand it because the women that they do date of other ethnicities and cultures and races all have black women features we'll say that for a different conversation but it's a lot deeper than that i always find it interesting that you know even when we look at a lot of athletes the darker athletes typically either have very fair-skinned Black women as their spouses or non-Black women, period, as their spouses. Um, and what you also see a lot of times is that a lighter-skinned man will go for the darker woman. Um, so it's just interesting how there's that that polar nature to how um, a lot of relationships within the Black community end up. But what I don't understand is why we haven't started to really embrace and love ourselves. Um, and even like on TV, it just always bothers me. Um, let's say that um, a guy who's darker skinned has a love interest in a dark skinned girl, and then they kind of break up. And then he goes and he has to go get a lighter skinned woman. And then that's who he ends up with. It's just like, why don't you ever show that two people of similar complexion end up together and build a family? Why do we not see more of that in, in our imagery? Because light is right, or so society has said. Well, again, I do understand that, you know, that we have said that white is the supreme form of beauty. I got that. But we need, we're not delusional. We, we know that, you know, European, I mean, like if you even look at the black community, how many more people are embracing their natural hair and even natural looks, um, you know, we are coming to a place where we're starting to have more pride in what we naturally are, but we still have this divide when it comes to complexion um, and representation. Because even when you think about makeup, which I do not wear, but um, it's harder for people of you know darker complexions to find makeup that matches their complexion. I mean, for the longest time, there just was not that representation as if you know those people do not exist. For the longest time, all you had was NW45 at MAC, and you just made that thing work. Um, but I am grateful that the beauty industry has definitely expanded its color palette to be more inclusive of darker palettes. Um, some of those good brands include Too Faced, who partnered with Jackie Ina to extend the line, Juvia's Place, Black-owned, all shades of darker foundations but we still have a ways to go we definitely do we are definitely not as represented as we should be in the beauty community considering that we are probably number one if not 
number two, if not number one, top consumers of beauty products. Of Girl, we number one. I'm just telling you, we number one. Yeah, I'm willing to bet because we take a lot of pride in appearance. And I, again, a lot of that dates back to slavery and us just having to dress in rags and having to eat the scraps that we still carry over that mentality that we have to always be seen in the best light and dress the best and look the part. But as number one consumers of these beauty products, we should have way more representation. Even in the commercials, um, the ads on social media, you see the lighter complected dark skinned women as a representation of the African-American race. It's like, here you go. You want it black representation? Here you go. I just think we need more awareness, one of how it affects us as a culture, as a race in totality, because it does have effects. It's the whole divide and conquer, which we touched on a little bit earlier, but also having these conversations again with our children with our teens with young adults with even older women about what they're experiencing and why would help to mitigate some of this within our race absolutely and you know as we were talking um beforehand i when we started talking when i well when i after i watched the dark girls um two parts documentary um, it got me to kind of thinking again about colorism and about kind of like how has it impacted me? Like, have I ever really had to think about my complexion as it compares to others? Or even like, do I set myself apart because of my complexion? And realistically, I don't think that I do. Um, and I know that for darker women, they hate the question or they hate the statement, you're pretty for a dark skinned girl. Well, I don't particularly like being asked, oh, so what are you mixed with? That's a good point. Why do I have to be mixed with something? My black can't just be beautiful straight. No, it's like, I really like your hair. What are you mixed with? Or do you have Indian in your family? Oh my gosh. Wow. Thank you. Every black person with a thinner curl pattern has to be mixed with something. You cannot just be straight up African or African-American with that curl pattern. It's, I mean, but if we are technically speaking, most Black people born here in the United States are mixed with some other. Absolutely. But it's so, not like, it's not like it's a direct, that, it's yeah. not a direct mixture. I mean, everybody has it mixed in, you know, throughout their line. Again, yeah. we're not going to get into the real, the real conversation about that race and black and white, but everybody has some type of mixture, but like to assume that because my hair looks a certain way or my complexion is a certain way that that means that my mother or my father must be, you know, white or European or whatever, or, you know, native American or whatever crazy combination that you think. Now, granted, I do realize that yes, my family does have a lot of things mixed in, but I still don't appreciate the question. Like, I don't appreciate you making an assumption no more than you appreciate, you know, the comment about your beauty relative to the darkness of your skin. Um, I just think that we have to stop 
thinking that there has to be something you know that creates this like why can't it just be that i have african-american parents and i'm beautiful and that's the end of the story exactly and it's not just you have to have something else it's like your more beautiful parts have to die exactly and it's just not the case (laughs) so i'm curious have any of our listeners experienced some form of colorism within their life please hit us up let us know give us send us a dm if you have experienced it if you want to talk a little bit more about it we would love to hear about your experience until then i'm shonda v the favorite fashionista And I'm Tasha, two S's and an I of Soulful Expression. We'll holla at y'all later. Peace.